0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Nashville, it's time for Nashville Business Radio. Now, here's your host.
1: And all again, everyone, welcome to another edition of Nashville Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and uh, folks, I've been looking forward to this one. I know you'll enjoy meeting Kayla Curry. Kayla is with Organization Impact. Kayla, Welcome.
0: Good morning. Welcome, John. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you and uh, uh I want to hear more about you and organization impact. How are you serving folks out there?
0: Oh, wonderful question. You know, there are are so many different consulting types of businesses out there and and I think a good one is designed to have a specific purpose. And we've been around since 2006 and our 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 real focus is helping those businesses that Typically have anywhere from 100 to 150 employees or less inside their organization. And we, we help focus on the leadership issues, team development, uh, those succession planning topics that create real solid bench strength inside the organization. We have found that regardless of industry, that businesses that are around that size in employees often don't have an internal Resident expert, like, like the work that we do and the focus that we bring that allows that emphasis on, on the team and the leadership development to really be there to help grow the business. Um, they have, often will have an HR leader, which is wonderful. Organizations absolutely need that. But if their time is spent hiring and making sure people get paid and addressing employee relations issues, some of these more strategic competitive advantage ideas sometimes don't get the attention that they may need inside the organization. So that's where we come alongside.
1: Now let's talk a little bit about you before we dive into how you help folks. You, you've got a, a, a an interesting journey and you've been at this for a while. Uh, you must've started when you were four or five years old, Kayla. Uh, so, <laughs> You're my but, new best
2: friend.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, no, tell us a little bit, a little bit about your, your journey.
0: Absolutely. So it is kind of an interesting story um, that I won't, I won't bore everyone with the novel version, but the Reader's Digest version is that the, the dream for me to do what I do today actually started in college.
2: Mm. And
0: I was working on a degree in organizational communication. It was the first that my university offered. So I'm old. This was way back uh, in the late 80s, mm. and early 90s. And um, they had created a program called Organizational Communication, and I had a business minor, but with this major, I went to the Chairman of our department as I was approaching that you know spring semester of my junior year and and just said, "I need an internship. You're supposed to do an internship and and in this in this degree, what do we have in place today, or what is that process? And I remember he looked at me and he said, "Well, your class is the first to graduate with this program." And we have not really developed internship opportunities out in the business community. But he said, I'll tell you what, because I have a consulting firm, university has sanctioned it, but I, I really help organizations on some of their organizational communication concerns. And if you'd like to intern with me, I'd love to have you. And so that summer, I did an internship with, with this consulting firm, and it was transformative for me. Because it opened it opened my eyes of what I was reading in these textbooks and what we were talking about in class, and then seeing in real life the disconnects that can happen, or the, the the assumptions that sometimes occur, and the and the lack of of understanding and perspective that can sometimes exist among a team. And so, after a summer in internship, that extended on through my senior year, and I got such incredible perspective from, from a man I consider an expert mm-hmm. in the field. And um, that really gave me that taste of, so that's what it's like. That's what I can do with this degree. And so upon graduation, I thought, that's, that's it one day. But I'm a 22-year-old young lady with not a lot of real experience yet. And I absolutely need that before anyone's going to listen to me and before I bring any credibility to the table. And so that really embarked for me, my career journey of focusing in the tra- training and development roles, organization development roles in HR. Um, and I had the privilege of working in different industries over the course of about 15 years and maybe close to 18 at that point. Mm-hmm. And really, really had the opportunity to see what these principles look like in a variety of environments, whether it was public, private, um, the for-profit sector, the nonprofit across industries, um, from retail to tech to hospitality to nonprofit, and again, it just confirmed every time. Wow, organizations really do suffer from very similar problems—that disconnect from what we think is happening in the organization to what employees really feel and what it's like, in taking care of, of the customer. And so, in 2006, it was time to you know, put that shingle outside of the office and say, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's begin to offer some of those services and those, those, I would call solutions and opportunities that I got introduced to way back in my college
2: experience.
1: Wow. Great story. Uh, so Kayla, let's, let's dive into the work that you do in terms of, and, and you alluded to it, um, some of those challenges that companies, organizations face right now, uh, you mentioned that disconnect with, with mm-hmm. their employees. Talk more about that.
0: Sure. Well, you know, it's, it's a matter of perspective, that depending on if you're a leader inside the organization, you're going to have, you know, that breadth perspective of the issues that are facing the business. And so you're looking at, you know, whether it's, customer acquisition and retention or we're looking at our profit margins or we're looking at our labor labor costs and, and in our in our minds leaders often feel like they are being the most clear in the communication of expectations. They're creating the most engaging workplace environment. They're they're holding people in the organization accountable. And all of those things have the best of intentions that we're human. And so oftentimes the further down into the organization you go and that's not a that's not intended to be an insult to any level inside an organization, but we, we know we've got lots of different roles
2: sure. inside
0: companies. And so for those individuals that truly are talking to customers day in and day out, um, what it feels like to work inside the organization is sometimes not what leaders think that it is. And so you run into issues around communication, around how conflict is resolved, even, you know, how how am I... How am I coached? How am I held accountable? How am I developed? Um, how are ideas listened to? You know, how innovative are we? Um, and you know, on and on. And, and it comes down to some of those, what I would call basic skills that leaders have to have. But the way that they are, are managed and, and behaved inside the organization can have so many different levels and opportunities. And so we, we like to help untangle those that cord of disconnect and help help bridge that gap so that there's a greater amount of alignment throughout the entire organization.
1: Now that's a effective, uh, I guess, but recitation you gave us of, of what, what the issue is there, but is that the biggest challenge that you see or are there other challenges that you see that are, uh, important that you also deal with as well?
0: Sure. Well, you know, if if we were having this conversation in, in 2014, we would probably be talking about um, a variety of, of concerns or things that are happening in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. But for us to have this conversation in, in 2021, um, on the, the heels of a pandemic that's not completely over, um, I do think the issues are, are a little bit different right now that leaders are facing. All stemming, Likely from from these communication gaps, but you know from from the people lens, and that's really where we live. I, I don't. I'm not an. I'm not an economist. I am not. I'm not going to be your your IT strategist. We really look at the people issues and talent retention and engagement is is one of the biggest issues every leader is facing out there today. And there's a, a term and and John, I know you've you've heard it. Uh, Likely in the media, but there's a phrase called the Great Resignation Mm -hmm. that is being talked about, and that's that's stemming from this post-pandemic environment where where the workplace was completely upended, where you know companies had to shut down for a period of time. We had to shift to remote environments and virtual environments, and reassess and determine you know what's critical in every organization and all those kinds of things, and it it allowed, enforced, maybe those are two words we should put together, employees out there to reevaluate. Where are my priorities? How and when do I want to work? What what mission is important to me in, in the kind of, of organization that I'm a part of? And just last week, I read an article uh, from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and they predict, or not predict, they reported that 4 million Americans quit their job in July of 2021. Four million across across our country,
2: mm. and
0: that you know resignations, and that's that's voluntary res- resignations, by the way. That's not you you fired me for my performance,
2: but, right?
0: But voluntary resignations peaked back in April, but they have remained abnormally high for the last several months, and so it's forcing employers to assess you know those internal risk and and root causes and. It's, it's forcing, it's forcing companies to take a hard look at how do we do business today? And as they explore that, what's kind of interesting is, John, I don't think it means we jump on the bandwagon of what every company's doing out there. You know, every, every company often looks for the best practices and there are some great ideas out there, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're great ideas for your company or for your team. Um, so if you, if you look at, what what are what are leaders having to look at around this is there's a, a new focus now on that total employee. And and the pandemic absolutely ushered that in.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, so
0: it we would be foolish to be talking today and not not at least reference and 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 talk about the spotlight and priority on diversity and equity and inclusion that's uh, occurred across our country. And Every organization has a DEI culture inside it, and so it, it's created the opportunity, you know, for 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 companies. I call them those mirror moments that we really look at how how do we how do we define diversity or inclusion inside our organization? What does that look like minus all the legal labels, you know? But but what does that look like inside our culture? Mental health has risen on on the agenda and on the on that that radar of of addressing and, and being mindful of I come to work with you and I'm not just Kayla employee, I'm Kayla person. Mm-hmm. And from the Olympics to the boardroom, we've seen a new acceptance of discussing those those issues, regardless if I'm the CEO of a company or if I'm a housekeeper, you know, in a hotel. And so that that's related to this, I believe. And then, you know, related to this great resignation that we hear about, the work environment needs have, have created a whole new dialogue. So what does it mean if I'm a remote employee with you? What if I'm in the office some? What if I'm in the office all the time? How do we redefine how we work together in these spaces? And I think those are the issues that that leaders and in, in not just a leader, but leaders inside companies have to get on the same page with. And it's creating wonderful opportunity, I think, for for Companies to reevaluate who we are, why do we do what we do, and how do we communicate that to our employees?
1: Folks, we're here chatting with Kayla Curry. Kayla is the founder of uh, Organization Impact. Uh, so, Kayla, let's let's talk about one of those big problems uh, that you put your finger on, which is how companies uh, can retain. Their valued employees so what what are you seeing out there in terms of uh, successes and best practices there
0: yeah oh john that's such a great question and you know what i think is really interesting about that is there's not a silver bullet there isn't a a one thing that a company can do i i do believe it's a combination of many things and and at the heart it's it's Defining what is the company culture going to be for that organization? Are we, are we more formal? Are we, are we more laid back? Are we, are we okay with, with having employees that are virtually all over, all over the country or do we need them to be in our local area? No, there's, there's a lot of things for companies to think about. So one, one of the things that I, I am seeing my clients do and I'll absolutely love it is they're asking that retention question to their current team, you know, and finding ways to create space to listen to what their employees are facing. So what, what's important to you in your success at the company? What keeps you here? What makes a phone call about another job opportunity attractive to you? And you think about the power in that. And it can be done in focus groups. It can be done through you know, lunch with the leader. It can be done in surveys. Leaders can be asking those questions in their one-on-one regular meetings with their employees. But what what begins to bubble out of that is, you know, the leaders begin to identify the common themes. And then here's the kicker. They respond to whatever those things are. Mm. So those focus groups and those lunches aren't wish lists. You know, they're not walking up to a McDonald's menu and saying, I want fries with this and I want a vanilla shake. And and the company says, OK, that's what you want. That's what we give you. But they, they, they listen and try to understand what are those most important drivers? And then what do those drivers look like inside our company? What do those, what do those needs look like in the way that we operate day in and day out? And what, what begins to happen there is a responsiveness to the current team. And, and this is the beautiful part, John. You've asked me as your employee what I think. I told you I was honest. Shared my frustrations. I told you what I think we do well. And then as a company, you acted on it. You did something. So it wasn't a survey where we never hear the responses. Right. And it wasn't a focus group where the leader says, thank you so much for taking some time to, to share your thoughts with me. Um, we're, we'll get back to you on on some ideas. And then it evaporates, you know, not not out of poor intent, but because the company's busy. And because there's so much happening, but, but I would say that's an excellent starting point of a best practice. Let's start with our people. What do you need? What does that look like? And then the other thing that I'm seeing, there's there's two or three best practices that I think are real powerful here is in this redefined space, like what we had talked about just a moment ago, some of these big issues that we help, we help employees understand how they fit into whatever our business model is today, because many have shifted and many have changed. And so, for for employees to understand why we had to change a pricing model,
2: mm-hmm.
0: help me help me understand. You know, what was the driver behind that? And not just because we went through a pandemic, but what did the pandemic create for us? Maybe it impacted our supply chain. Maybe it impacted a business segment that we no longer serve the same way because. Unfortunately, the pandemic caused many of, you know, two-thirds of, of that market to to close temporarily. So, you know, what's that domino effect? And, and how does my job show up every day? I have a client. Uh, they're one of my, my favorite clients. Um, they are are doing this really well and in incorporating this why into their onboarding of their new folks. And they recognize that the the traditional onboarding for, for folks, and it's not a knock on any of those programs that are out there, but it was often missing that why component from senior leaders. And so this is an organization of about 150 employees. They have a senior leadership team with the CEO that makes six people. And so they they do a common date um, onboarding day. So everybody starts at the same time. So they get the same experience. And during that first day of orientation, The senior leadership team, the CEO begins and he tells the company story and he and he tells the why they do what they do. And the success stories and the stories from their customers and and the examples of the longevity that has existed inside the company. And just he's a great storyteller and he he makes it real. And then that senior leadership team go to lunch with all those new hires. So that might be one that might be six but they spend time just telling the story of the company
2: Mm.
0: and the story of why this job matters. So this happens to be an an electric utility. Mm -hmm. Um, They do, they do lots of things. So that might be an engineer sitting in the room. That might be a customer service representative sitting in the room, might be a leader of people sitting in the room. And so to have that level of uh, personal touch to them is a powerful way to connect that new person on the front end. And here's what I love about that is to that new person, they walk away saying, wow, I've never had a first day of work where I met every vice president and they actually took me to lunch mm. and spent time wanting to know about my family. They want to know about my hobbies. They want to know about my, my last job and, and why why the job here was so attractive to them. So it's a real, it's a real powerful way. So now we're listening to our current employees, but we're making sure we grab our new ones when they come on board. And yeah. then that takes me to my, my third one I would tell you is there's, there's a layer in the middle of that and that's an investment in development. So given all the changes that have occurred in our marketplace, the changes that have occurred, that means there's a new level of skill that our employees likely need, whether it's, you know, how How do we listen to each other when we may have very different views about the issues outside of our workplace? to what does customer service look like? if our customer needs have shifted a little bit? for leaders? what How do you lead an an environment where all of a sudden it's hybrid? And just twelve months ago, we were all sitting in the same room together. so it's it's those kinds of things. And this utility that I share with you. Um, we are, are having some fun because we're beginning this idea. And it's to me, I think a real powerful best practice. And that's not, in, not being afraid of pilots. Um, you know, we don't, we don't live, nothing's in concrete anymore. We've got to be agile and we've got to be willing to try some things. And so one department might try a new scheduling format with their team. They can assess it in a small space and, and determine what worked and what didn't. And then, Pieces of it that worked, we can introduce into another department. Mm-hmm. So it allows for just ongoing, what I, what I would call continuous improvement, or that agile thinking, and it allows us to try even maybe something else over in another area of the business. Um, and so it's that it's that perspective that any employee in the organization could sit back and say, "How does my company operate? Wow, they listen to us and they do something with it." Um, when my new teammates come on board, they are so much more prepared to jump in and, and help us very quickly in their onboarding. Um, I'm getting the skills that help me be successful, not just at work, but in life. And we're always trying new things. Like we're not afraid. We're not afraid to mess up. Mm -hmm. Um, we're not afraid to fail. You know, we're not afraid to stub our toe. And those are the kinds of things that I think are, are, are the best practices that have a lot of room for adaptability, to whether I'm a bank, whether I'm a manufacturing company, uh, whether I'm an IT services company, those best practices work.
1: Got it, folks. We're here chatting with Kayla Curry. Organization Impact is the name of her firm. So, Kayla, uh, this may seem like a stupid question, but I'm good at asking those. So, <laughs> what, 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 what? How do I know that? I'm I'm running a company 125 employees or whatever uh, you mentioned you work with companies 150 employees and under I think. Um yeah. yeah, how do I know I need to hire you? I mean, I would imagine turn maybe my turnover being high might be one answer, but what what are some of the characteristics that I need to look at to think I need to talk to Kayla?
0: Oh, John, that's one of my favorite questions.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I stumbled into it, Kayla. Thanks.
0: <laughs> I love that question. Good. So when, when is a good time to, you know, pick up the phone and, and talk to somebody? And boy, we we would love to be that person that, that has that conversation. So, um, there's, there's a few. So we mentioned earlier, like we're, we really, we really focus on those organizations that are 150 or less. Those smaller businesses that don't have, they don't have a big corporate to go to. Uh, they, they don't have those, those big pockets, right? That they, they can just try lots of things and, and, and buy some things off the shelf. So certainly turnover is, is that, is that big one, but, and, and many organizations are facing that and they're kind of stuck. So that's a really good starting point, but other triggers or other aha moments really helpful is if you've got an, a, a leadership team, managers, supervisors, et cetera, that are are on on a couple of camps. One, they're new. And so you're not 100% sure what kind of depth they have or if they've had a lot of real world experience with some of the issues that your organization is facing. So a, a group of newer managers is an excellent opportunity to reach out to us. Or sounds crazy, but you flip it you've got managers that have been with you for a really long time and they're stale or they struggle sometimes with uh we've always done it that way mindset. So they need some fresh perspectives that are, are talked about in a safe way. So you're, when you look at your management team, are we, you know, what, what does, what does that tenure look like? What does, what do we feel the strength of that team is? Are we, are we living in a bit of groundhog day? We feel like we're kind of repeating ourselves over and over again, or we seeing some momentum. So that, that's another excellent opportunity. The third I would say is, you know, we're, we're plateauing. We're, we're, we're getting an increased number of, of concerning comments in our exit interviews. We're dealing with what seems to be some similar issues over and over again with, with our team. So we've, we've got folks that are showing up, but we just don't see the energy and we don't see the excitement and the, the, that level of engagement and connection that we would love our teams to have. So is it possible they've lost a bit of that why? They've lost a bit of that, um, that feeling that, um, I'm just showing up and doing a job and, and it's the same old, same old. And so that staleness is another great opportunity. Mm. Um, for, um, I'm, we're just beginning some work. I'm so excited about this with a nonprofit company here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a new CEO. So the new, new CEO has walked in and, and as they do that landscape view, in assessment of the organization, they've recognized we, we need a restart. Um, predecessor was great in their own way, but I've got a new vision. I've got some new ideas and, and i I want that opportunity to unify our team. So we're kicking off some really powerful stuff within in the fall. Um, so I would say those, those four are some really good opportunities to reach out.
1: Yeah, that uh, makes sense. Now, I would love it, Kayla, if you would maybe share a success story. I mean, you don't have to mention any names, of course, but um a success story of of someone you've worked with that you you're particularly proud of the transformation you've uh, played a part in with your work.
0: Oh, I would love that too. Uh, we love stories, so there are, are several that I could share with you, but the the one that I will will share with you that that we're in the midst of right now, which is so fun, is. Um I've been had the privilege of working with a technology company um, for the last off and on for the last five years. And I began working with them at when the company was young. And they were starting out. they had about twenty five employees, and they needed some some structure. And so we started with with a, a little team assessment that helped create greater communication, effectiveness, and efficiencies around around that team. Fast forward that company has grown and changed and um, and transitioned several times. But we, we have done what we call leadership academies. And the cool thing, and why I share with you this is a success story, is um, the company realized that every time we hire somebody in, in a leadership role into our company, we have the potential to shift our culture a little bit because every leader comes in with their own experiences, their own way of doing things. And what they found is are are those patterns and those habits do they always align with our culture and if you're in a leadership role we want to make sure we approach team engagement setting expectations coaching accountability um all those kinds of behaviors that leaders have to have to do well we want consistency and so we created leadership academies now before covid we had the joy of doing those in person and the energy in our, you know in a real room is wonderful but in a, in a COVID environment, we've shifted to online. And I'm so, I'm so proud of, of this team because in the middle of COVID, instead of shutting down, they grew. They acquired a company. Mm-hmm. And what that allowed us to do, because we had this, this history of development in a, in, a, in a development culture, that in the midst of this growth, we started another leadership academy. Because the company had grown, they acquired another team. And so it meant we, we need to look at these middle, mid-level managers and make sure we've got that consistency. And so we embarked on a, on a leadership academy with them. We meet once a month. It's online, um, interactive, lots of resources in between, lots of good discussion and, and sharing best practices. And in the middle of that, the organization said, not only do we have people managers, but we've got some emerging leaders. They don't have the people responsibility yet, but we, we see great potential. And if, if our projections continue as we anticipate with our revenues and with our growth, we're, we're, we're going to need these people. And so that leadership academy model of ongoing development allowed us to create an emerging leaders academy just at the beginning of this year. Which was so much fun. It was, you know, a different flavor, different topics, different, different needs for this group. And we did that um, in the first and second quarter of this year. And John, here's the cool thing. Many of those leaders have been promoted. And not only that, the company has grown again through another, through another smaller acquisition. And so this fall, we're starting that leadership academy with this next cohort. And it's the coolest thing to be part of a company, number one, that recognizes the value and investment of its people. But when you see someone that you met in January and a part of that boot camp, believe it or not, was public speaking um, and, and getting more comfortable in presentation mode and to meet them in a class nine months later when they say, I've got three people on my team. That's the coolest thing in the world. It's like your babies have yeah, have grown up.
1: That's awesome.
0: And it it is so it's so rewarding and honestly an honor to be a part of that process.
1: That's what a so great that's one. Yeah, that's one. What a great story, uh, Kayla Curry, folks with Organization Impact. Uh, well, Kayla, this has been great, and I can't imagine that there aren't some folks that wouldn't want to be in touch with you uh, after hearing what you've had to share. So let's get to that important question, which is how uh, folks that want to do that can get in touch.
0: Absolutely, John. Probably one of the best ways to find us is just simply go online. Our website is www.organizationimpact.com. And there are tabs to reach out to us. You can also follow us on LinkedIn. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, We have a, a Facebook page as well. and So you can find that at Organization Impact or simply search for me, Kayla Curry.
1: Terrific. Kayla Curry, folks with organization impact. Kayla, thanks so much for coming on.
0: Thank you, John. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder. Nashville business radio is the search term to input on your favorite podcast app. If you're not subscribed and if you're not, I don't understand why, (laughs) because we have great guests on this show like Kayla. And, uh, here's what I would really Ask of you, Uh, if you love uh, business in Nashville, and you you subscribe to the show, and you uh, have an app that enables you to give us reviews, give us a five star review. It's not about me or Business Radio X. It's about our great guests, uh, guests like Kayla and others that we've had on the show, and and are uh, having our guest pipeline that uh, will be on, and uh, they deserve to be uh, recognized, highlighted, and found. Uh, by folks that need their services. So, uh, if you could do that for us, uh, that would be one small way to, uh, help us help them. So uh, we thank you in advance for doing that. So for my guest, Kayla Curry, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Nashville business radio.